deep escape. You better get them before they get you. Hello everybody and welcome back to Cartridge Club, where we discuss a video game with the community, our game of the month, and we have an awesome time doing it. For the month of August, we played Ape Escape, an incredible PlayStation 1 game. We'll get into it. My name is Josh. I'm one of the hosts for this for this panel, this show today. And I am joined by Joel, JJS Boyce himself. How are you doing, man? All good. Thank you. And J-Chips Show from YouTube. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. How are you? Fantastic. I always get really excited to do these and, you know, chit-chat with the community. So, if you played along, you can share your own experiences in our community's Discord or across social media by using the hashtag Cartridge Club. Before I start the show, on behalf of the entire Cartridge Club community, I'd like to give a huge shout-out to our Patreon Club backers like Joel Boyce himself, who's here on the show, Barrier on Mars, Christopher Rohr, Dean Lasagna, Ross Rango, and Caleb J. Ross. To, to our backers and Patreon supporters, thank you for participating and supporting us. If you're interested in becoming a Patreon supporter for the Cartridge Club, please look into how to do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club. Let's get into the meat and potatoes here. We're here for Ape Escape. This game is on PlayStation 1. It was released on June 23rd, 1999. Let's do a little top-level breakdown of the game. It's a platforming game developed by Japan Studio, published by Sony Computer Entertainment. And uh, you play in a third-person perspective. And the main thing in the game is you have really cool gadgets, and you use the brand-new... The stellar, the amazing technology, the dual shock controller to play the game. And this is one of the first games, I think it is the first game, to use that as its primary control method. So, we'll start off with some history of the game. How, how, is this the first time you guys played the game? Is this, um, you know, have you, do you have experience in the past? Um, when I was a kid, I used to play this all the time. Just a fun fact, I used to play it. And play uh, No Strings Attached by NSYNC in the background as I was hunting monkeys. So that is my... Every time I think about NSYNC or Ape Escape, they're intertwined in my mind forever. So, um, any fun memories of it in the past? Or anything you guys want to talk about from your past of Ape Escape? Uh, no, uh, actually this is my first time uh, playing Ape Escape. I've always heard of it, but I've never actually played it. And uh, sometime last year, I was down in Texas, and I saw this game on sale, and I eventually bought it, and uh, it took me about a year to finally get around to it, so that's pretty much my history with Ape Escape. Well, I have played this game before. Uh, I played it when on release, and um, it came out in 99. Uh, the DualShock controller came out a couple of years into the life cycle of the PlayStation 1. I didn't get a PlayStation 1 at launch, so when I got one, it already had a DualShock controller. I think I may have gotten it um, Christmas 98, uh, but I'm not, I'm not positive. Uh, but um, then this game came out uh, relatively early into, into my experience with uh, with 3D. So I played Spiral the Dragon, 
And then a few months later, uh, Ape Escape came out and I was just so into it. So, um, yeah, I have a really fond memories for it. And full disclosure, uh, this was picked by a Patreon vote. I am the one that nominated it. So, well, uh, yeah. <laughs> you became front runner almost instantly, right? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, it was it was close. Final Fantasy VI was also nominated. I can't, I didn't think Ape Escape was going to beat Final Fantasy VI, but what do you know? Here we are. It was meant to be. It was Monkey Destiny. I mean, hey, those are two fantastic games. Yeah, yeah. So the development of Ape Escape lasts approximately two and a half years. Shortly after the development team began conceiving the design and concept for Ape Escape. They attended a meeting regarding the development of the DualShock. Intrigued by the potential of the controller, the team implemented its use in Ape Escape, making it the first video game to require the use of DualShock for gameplay. Conceptualizing the controls for the controller's analog stick was the greatest challenge for the team, and the controls underwent great testing prior to finalization. So, how do you guys feel about the analog controls in this? So, if you guys, if anybody's listening to this and never played Ape Escape, you use the right analog stick to like swing the character's arms around or use it for propeller blades or use it to uh, paddle boats, etc. in the game. How did the controls uh, suit you guys? Any stories you have about trying to figure out this like really weird and bizarre control scheme? You know, I should probably let uh, let our other guests go first because I know I played this back in the day. I'd like to hear how it is for someone who played it for the first time. Uh yeah, so the uh the dual shock thing, it took a little getting used to at first. Um sometimes when I would go up to the monkey I would like try to swing at it but like I'd be on the opposite direction and you know, it took a little bit of practice to getting used to, but once I got like into it, it kinda became like second nature for me. Uh I'm pretty sure we'll talk about it later on this podcast, but by the time I played the uh PSP remake, like that took way longer for me to get used to than the ps1 version yeah for me like i i obviously had it as a kid i got it i i think i got it the year after it came out because i remember looking at a dual shock inside of a walmart glass display like oh my god it's amazing i want one you know um but yeah i eventually got one and played it on release but it had been a long 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 time that's probably the only time i played it in my life i had picked it up a couple of times and just messed around with the first couple of stages you know never actually sunk any real time into it again until this last uh play session here but going back to it nowadays i feel like i'm very picky with the actual like 3d camera in a a platformer and that was probably my biggest gripe is just having to constantly mash l1 and l2 just to keep the camera behind me so i can actually aim my jumps i think that's probably my biggest complaint from the game but once you kind of wrap your head around that you're just going to be hitting this camera button like a bunch of times while you're using the right analog stick to do your various you know gadgets it kind of works and then you just don't think about it anymore and the friction is less once you kind of wrap your head around it again or get used to it. It's very of its time when it comes to that. Oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know how you guys feel, but, like, using the D-pad to control your camera uh, with the same yeah. hand for moving was just super clunky. So I just I never use the D-pad for the Me camera. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, I just hit L2 just to center it. Or I think it's L1, right? Yeah. Just to center it behind him every time he turns. You know, so it's just like... Making that sound over and over again because that's just 
how it feels right to play this game, I think. Yeah, it's a little bit like playing Mario 64 on an original N64 controller. Pretty much, um, yeah. I mean, we've people have figured out, developers have figured out uh, ways to uh, to make use of current control schemes, uh, the best way to control a camera, and you're going to automatically, when you first start playing it, try to use the right stick to control the camera, and then realize, oh no, that's not how it works. The right stick is for your is for your item or your gadget. Your left stick is for your movement. Uh, and at the time, there was no precedent. So really, they, there was no idea how we're using these dual shock. Like there, it was the first game to require the use of a of the dual analog stick. So they said, you know, this is the perfect way to do it. And there are a lot of advantages to the way they did it of having separate movement for the person and for the gadget. You can be running one way and then swinging in a different way, and you can kind of clothesline an enemy as you're as you're going by uh there's some cool things about it and they do some fun stuff with it but with our modern training for what a right analog stick is for for a controller uh camera control um you're you're gonna get a little you're gonna get your wires crossed for sure at least for, at least at first yeah and so let's keep diving deep into some of this gameplay stuff and then we'll talk a little bit about the story kind of intertwines with it but um what are some of your favorite gadgets? We have a bunch of really cool gadgets that kind of get introduced throughout the game and also some mini games. We should talk about that too, which you can unlock by collecting the coins. But first, what gadgets stick out to you? Like we have the time net, the water net, monkey radar, slingback shooter, which is basically just, you know, regular old uh, slingshot, dash hoop, Skyflyer, which which both dash hoops just a hula hoop. Skyflyer flyer is basically just a little helicopter blade that you rotate the stick to fly with, and then an RC car. And then if you beat the game, spoilers, I guess you get the magic punch, which I love the magic punch. It's really fun. So, what's one of your favorite gadgets from the game? Uh, I really like the Skyflyer. Like that just became so convenient and. Uh... I don't know about you guys, but when I first saw it, I thought it was like uh, a kayak paddle or something like that. So it looked a little funky <laughs> when he was spinning it in yeah. the air. <laughs> yeah, I, I like the Skyflyer too. I, I definitely maybe overuse it because once I had it, jumps that you can make without it, I would just do it just to kind of slow down my descent and control where I land, just to be a little bit extra, extra careful. Maybe to the point of slowing myself down. Um, I think when I'm looking at the list here, I kind of like the I kind of like the hula hoop, the dash hoop. It's so original. Like uh, a different design team would not have come up with that. There was some, one person on the team that had this idea. What if we had a hula hoop and you 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 spin around and it makes them run really fast? And so you have to rotate the right analog stick to move the hula hoop, and then he gets a dash. He gets a speed a speed boost. But it actually feels really good. It's one of the things that doesn't require you, like some of the other um, items, to kind of switch into another mode and, like, you know, carefully aim. And it's just right away you're doing it. It's it's nice that you're walking around and as you're running, you can start you can start shimmying with the hula hoop. It's really very smooth. So I I think that probably is the one I I feel is the best for me. Yeah, and I, I that's an early one. I feel like you play like what four stages and then you get it. Um, so as you're playing the game, you get gadgets like you'll pop into a level which we'll talk about those stages and levels in a minute but you'll pop into a level and basically they'll be like the the scientist what's the scientist's name ah it's on the tip of my tongue i should have had uh, that here dr 
Not Dr. Juro. Dr. Juro, yes. And no, he'll be no, like, it's not, it's not Dr. Juro. Yeah, Dr. Uh, Juro. No, that's from something else. <laughs> it sounded right. <laughs> it, it sounds right because it's from the island of. Oh, wait, actually, that's not even right. I was going to say, it's I was the island of Dr. Moreau. Juro is, I don't even know what. I, uh, I had it a little bit ago, but I don't know. Uh, do Dr. Tomoki. What was that? Tomoki. Tomoki? Yeah. 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 Tomoki. Tomoki. Yeah. Uh, so he will come up and he'll be like oh hey i got this new gadget for you let's try it out it's too dangerous if you don't go into a little tutorial so they give you a little tutorial stage and show you how to do it it's like i just laugh at that every time it's like a hulu hoop is too dangerous to go out into the world unless you practice with it okay sure but yeah i do think that the hulu hoop is probably my favorite just because uh i don't think his walk speed's too slow or anything like that i just think that it helps me Especially if this, I just do something careless, I jump off the side of the, the thing and it happens to be my last life and then I get a game over so I have to get all the way back to where I was to get that specific monkey again or whatever, or ape. Uh, using the Hulu, Hulu Hoop was really nice and it just helps you just get to places faster and it kind of acts like a pinball thing where you're bouncing off dudes and, you know, almost like a crash spin, cra crash bandicoot spin, but like that lasts a little bit longer, so. I always thought that was cool. Yeah, another uh, gadget I really liked was the RC car. I just found that one pretty funny when he's uh, when he's chasing the apes with it. Yeah, and then oh, let's just talk about the apes. We we they they all have their own personality, right? Like they all they're all almost like unique. I think that's one of the things that makes this game special is how much like characterization they put into these little critters. You got to capture, you know, each one kind of has that 90s tood you know what i mean some of them has the big sunglasses they all have machine guns for the most part which is just you know it is what it is and yeah it's just really fun to just capture different monkeys and seeing i, I keep saying monkeys i even say that when i'm playing the game like oh i'm gonna get these monkeys i know they're apes i know <laughs> oh it's, it's not no it's not your fault uh, the game is not consistent if you go to the splash screen for every level it says you have this many monkeys to catch yet the title of the game is ape escape in dialogue and story dialogue they usually <laughs> refer to them as monkeys at least once they did use the term ape they use them okay. interchangeably throughout the entire game so i'm good i'm not messing up i'm actually going with the conceit of the game okay that's awesome all right I i'm glad that i didn't mess something up again you know it's no. it's a very googled question what was your favorite monkey to catch? I think that's always a fun one to talk about with this because there's always monkeys like riding mammoths and etc. So what was your favorite one to capture in the game? You know, I saw this question uh, in the Cartridge Club Discord and I spent about 15 minutes researching monkeys try to, trying to make a decision. And I ended up spending all that time researching it and I, I couldn't come up with an answer at the time. But... Um, yeah, it's it's hard to say. Like they're they have so much personality, right? So sometimes you'll come across a monkey, and uh, one thing we didn't mention that is in this game, we're going we're traveling through time to capture all these monkeys. So yeah. you can you you go through like the dinosaur era, you go to like the ice age, and the ice age there's a nice little hut where a monkey's kind of built like a little home. They've got like their kitchen table. It's nice and cozy. They've got yeah. pictures up on the wall. <laughs> So sometimes I like I like stuff like that. Sometimes like that's the monkey I like just because it's so cute. But in terms of like sort of the gameplay, in terms of being surprised, maybe the first time you see a monkey doing something new, like the first time you see a monkey 
hop into a UFO and then yeah. start attacking you instead of just running away like some of the earlier monkeys do. Maybe that was my my first uh, favorite monkey. Like, holy cow, he's he's got a UFO. Yeah, I, I think it's cool. Like you're in the prehistoric time, and I think this one sticks out to me as a kid because when I was a kid, I was like super into dinosaur stuff. You know, just generally. So this one always stuck out to me, even thinking back to the game is, you know, the monkey riding a T-Rex that you have to make like headbutt something to get the monkey off and then capture him, which is always really cool. Yeah. Uh, any 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 ones that stick out to you, um, J-Chip? Probably my favorite is Sandy, just because I like the fact that it's a monkey named Sandy and they're building a sand <laughs> castle and his description is the sand architect. Like, I, I just found this game super quirky and I loved it. I love those descriptions. Oh yeah, yeah. So you did, you did kind of touch on the story a little bit, Joel. So I'll go ahead and read a little description for the story. Spectre, a popular attraction uh, at the amusement park, has been transformed from a mild-mannered monkey into a scheming simian through the powers of the intelligent, boosting peak point helmet. Now he and his monkey army has taken over the professor's time machine in order to travel back in time and replace human civilization with a simian society. There's just one catch. Spike was caught in the time machine as well and has been pulled back into the past with them. With the help of the professor's numerous gadgets, Spike will travel through prehistoric lands and capture Spectre's army to prevent his evil scheme. And not just prehistoric lands. Lands, you know, you go to modern times, basically all the way up to modern times and everything in between. And there's ice levels, there's water levels. You know kind of what you expect. And then you go to these levels through a hub. And uh, basically jump on the little pad, and then you get teleported to different periods in time and capture the monkeys to uh, basically not have Planet of the Apes happen. For the most part, right? Yeah, exactly. What do you think about the story, and how do you feel all the settings uh, enhance the game? I feel like it really adds a lot to the level design to have just every single stage be its own unique look and feel. Any, any stages that stick out to you, etc.? Yeah, for me, when it comes to, like, the story of the game, I don't know, I, I felt like this game was just trying to be a, a goofy time. So, like, I didn't take it seriously. And I thought it did pretty well. Like, it really didn't need to be anything else other than this quirky game, and I think it worked out pretty well. As far as, like, levels that stood out to me, I really like the beach levels in the first couple stages. I think that's, that's stage three. I, I might be wrong on that. And also the, the freeze lane stage was pretty fun too. Yeah, uh, those stages are cool because um, there are a lot of different ways you can uh, you can kind of uh, go after a monkey. You can take them head on and just try and run them down. And maybe sometimes they fight back. You can try and sneak up on, on them. You can kind of crawl. But in the beach levels, um, often if you try and come on a monkey, they just take off and they jump in the water and they go swimming away. So now that you have to dive in the water, you have to swim after them. That's kind of a nice, nice bit of gameplay variety. So like they used have water levels kind of sprinkled throughout the entire game, and they're used to pretty good effect. So that's uh, a really good example for for level design. Um, in terms of the story, uh, part of it's just like an a uh, an excuse to set up like the basic gameplay uh, mechanic, which is that basically your enemies are your collectibles, which is just genius, right? Just mm -hmm. genius. Um, but, uh, I do appreciate that the story is, you know, with that in mind, like, let's just get to it. It's pretty snappy. Like you start the game and, um, I was 
it was almost like later uh later mario games like mario 3d world uh the new super mario brothers where like they have like a 30 second opening cutscene and then immediately it's gameplay like that's how that's how quick it is you have there's no explanation there's no backstory stuff it's like hey you know you got your main character spike uh at least in the english translation with his friend jake and they're both running towards hey what does the professor want i don't know he just said come on by he has something to show us and then they arrive there a second later and there's the professor tied up and there's a bunch of monkeys going crazy like the monkeys have taken over the monkeys have taken over and then almost immediately like you're in the first level okay so here's the deal um we have these um helmets that make monkeys super smart and one of them has, has, has became a super villain and now he has a monkey army and he sent the monkeys throughout time it's just and you're right into it like it was just i thought it was just perfect for uh a 3d platformer to get into it like that i really love the way the story was handled yeah and i was just looking up the characters also uh, I don't think the prof professor has a name. I think it's just Professor. Uh, Tomoki is an actual like a villain for a different game. I think that just comes up if you look him up. But anyway, so his name's just Professor. And then we have um, yeah, you're right. I look I looked it up too. <laughs> and we have the you know Jake. We got Spectre as the villain. Um, and then the monkeys all have their own personalities. So like all the characters are are fun. Um, Jake has the little those little like uh, races. Uh, we could talk about those too. Um, what do you guys think about those? Those are really hard. The Dimension X races, you know, they were basically Jake's like, "Hey, I'm gonna beat you," and then if you beat him, you get five Spectre coins. I think on each of them, something like that. Yeah. Um, did you guys manage to beat these ever, or on this playthrough? I only did it once for each, and then I, I kind of just didn't want to do it anymore because I was like, "I'm, I'm kind of done." Yeah, they're like they're like very tight windows, right? You yeah. know, it's really tough. They're challenging for sure. Especially the second race. The first race I felt was pretty like decently managed, but the second one was kind of ridiculous. Yeah, it's sort of a subplot where just kind of race takes a little bit. Uh, you know, we have these two boys that are friends. They're, I think they're both supposed to be ten years old, and for whatever reason, they hang out with the professor. Uh, kind of like a, a Back to the Future thing. Like, why are these guys friends? I don't know, but whatever. Um, and I guess they have maybe like a, a rivalry and then basically Jake ends up being taken over by Spectre, like Spectre hypnotizes him and, and makes him a bad guy, but it's his chance to kind of prove that he's better than Spike. So they mm -hmm. keep on facing off. It's a nice little subplot to kind of have going on throughout the entire game. But the nice thing is you don't have to win those battles. You can just you can skip them like you can do them and lose and then still go on to the next level um just like you know in every in every there's no particular monkey that you have to get you get a, you get a certain percentage of monkeys and you can move on to the next level you don't have to get every single monkey so you gotta this is also optional just like every individual monkey is optional as long as you get enough of them so i i did beat them um but yeah they're pretty difficult and they're very different from the the regular gameplay because they're races. Um, you have to use different gadgets and try and get through. It's like a time trial. So uh, it's a different kind of mechanic. Yeah, it's so like the main levels you jump in, you're like, OK, you got anywhere from like three monkeys to 10 to capture to, quote unquote, clear the stage. But you can always go back and collect more monkeys and find hidden monkeys, find more specter coins that unlock mini games. We can talk a little bit about that in a minute. But when you do these races, it is definitely just, okay, this is something new. Um, it does kind of shake up the gameplay a little bit. Um, I think I could say that for the 
I guess we only have like a couple of boss battles, like little boss battles in the game, two to three-ish. Um, we have like the RC car one, the big RC car, and then we have, uh, what is it, the medieval armor, and a couple other little things like that that do help break up the gameplay. Um, besides the regular loop, is there any other like weird or interesting gameplay mechanic that they throw in the game that like just had you smiling from ear to ear because I know for me like I love it anytime they uh just did something a little bit different that was kind of not just capturing monkeys. It was nice when the uh when the and sometimes they were these were kind of towards the end of a level sometimes they were sort of almost like sub bosses or or mini bosses uh mm -hmm. and you would uh have this big robot and you'd have to battle it uh or a big vehicle or, or something and then when you blow it up you realize the pilot was just another monkey so you still get the chance to, <laughs> you still get the chance to throw that net down i it feels so good to to net a monkey and so it's nice that you have these bosses and that you still get that uh that catharsis of, of netting the monkey because that's that's the best feeling in the whole game just every time you get a monkey they they make that feeling so good they slow down the action a little bit and then there's this big blast of light you know you have this net that transports them back in time into a cage in the future it's kind of it feels good so it's every chance you get to do it um you know that's a good thing i would also agree with that i think my biggest issue with this game and i said it in my review but i wish there were more bosses in the game like a boss at the end of each world just because you get so many gadgets and it feels like some of them don't get utilized than others. So I wish there were some boss fights that, like, make you use the specific gadget that you got to help defeat the enemy, and then you get a monkey for a reward. Yeah, so, like, you unlock the slingback shooter, which in the, basically they do, like, a target practice one or something boss, like, with a bunch of targets that you have to hit or something like that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Like, to kind of make it a little, little bit different, but... I don't know if the sequels did anything like that. I actually haven't played much of the sequels. Um, have either one of y'all played the sequels at all? Did they like add a lot more variety, or is it more of the same thing? So I actually played uh, Ape Escape 2 just this month for the first time. I never played it back in the day. For some reason, I missed it. Um, and Ape Escape 2, along with Ape Escape 1, they're both on PS4, PS5, like uh, as a PlayStation Classic. You should note that the PS2 version is the European version. So everyone mm -hmm. has a British accent. That's fine. Oh, uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, just it's just uh, that's just the PS2 version. Apparently, it was popular in Europe, which I guess makes sense because I I never played the second game either. Um, you know, this was early internet days. I wasn't up on all the news, so I actually got Ape Escape pumped and primed back in the day, and I was like, oh, another Ape Escape game, and I thought that was the sequel. Uh, but that's actually a spin-off series, and uh, I won't talk about that. Although I do like it. It's it's like a different type of gameplay but in the ape escape 2 game i can tell you that one big addition is they added bosses they have this group called the freaky five which is five super powered monkeys um they uh and they they all there's the pink monkey the white monkey the blue monkey and they all have a different shtick so one of them is like a cowgirl slash singer and she has like six shooters and she's the one that she basically looks like a regular monkey but wearing like a blonde wig and a cowboy hat and a cowboy outfit. But there's another guy who's like a superhero and he's like six and a half feet tall, 250 pounds, all muscly, big biceps. And he's he fights you in a wrestling ring. So you got five of those guys to fight, one at the end of each world. And that kind of 
that does a better job of breaking up the game than the Dimension X battles with Jake in the first game and the battles against Spectre in the first game. Um, but you know, that being said, it was their first it was their first try, so it was a good a good thing to add for the second game. But you know, I understand that they're gonna hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Yeah, I mean, honestly, this this another tangent, but what I think about when I think about Ape Escape is uh the metal gear solid missions snake escape have you guys ever even messed with those or heard oh, of those I, from metal I, play, gear solid I played 3? that oh yeah i played that back in the day i loved it i've never even heard of it yeah so pretty much on the ps2 version of metal gear solid 3 there's a whole mini game that you can unlock that is basically ape escape where you go through and find the monkeys and stuff which oh, is wow. really fun um so i know kojima like the creator of metal gear solid is a huge Ape Escape fan, and then another fun fact is Ape Escape Three engine. He used that engine to make Metal Gear Solid Three, so he was kind of pay- paying homage to the series by having that little mini game in there, which is pretty cool. So yeah, I, every t- they're kind of intertwined in my mind too because like I think Ape Escape, I think oh Kojima, and then I think Metal Gear Solid, and then I don't know, yeah ADHD mindset I guess yeah you know you know how that is. Um, but anyway, getting back on track here. Let's see. We have all these different stages that we kind of touched on here. Um, I think to me, like a time travel storyline is always fun. Like it, it gives you that uh, huge adventure feel and you have so much variety and everything. Um, what do you think about the graphics overall for the time period and how everything looks? And I, I really do think myself personally, in my opinion is that, each area and each stage just feels like its own thing almost. But, you know, of course they have a theme, like they have, you know, prehistoric times, more modern times, beach, beach vibes and water vibes, etc. I think that each stage, like I can think back to, like if I just look at a name of the stage, I think Coral Cave, I know what that looks like in my head. You know, it has a very distinct personality. So what do you guys think about the graphics overall? I think. Like, for the time, like, they were really good. Especially, like, the backgrounds. The backgrounds in this game, in my opinion, were the best-looking uh, part of the game. Uh, the characters themselves were a little blocky, but, I mean, it is what you what it is for the time. But, overall, I would say it's a pretty good-looking game. Yeah, I think it's about as good as it gets for, for PlayStation 1. Um, they made some really good design choices. Like, you... Yeah, everything's blocky, but you can do a lot with a few polygons if you're designing, if you're, if you're, if you choose the right design. And so just to get like a blocky polygonal uh, monkey, you know, with like the Mm -hmm. protruding jaw, like it's, it's, it's the perfect design for PlayStation 1 level graphics. It's very obvious that they're monkeys or apes. Uh, That, that continues to be a mystery. The problem is they're wearing pants. That's the thing. (laughs) They're all wearing pants. That so yep. they they really keep it. Uh, it's it's a Schrodinger's box in those pants. Is there a tailors or not? But um, it's it's a perfect design choice uh, for that for that software. Uh, whereas something like you know Castlevania sixty four, yeah, not so much, right? Not not right. not the ideal thing for that for that level of resolution. So yeah, I I really have nothing to complain about and. Of course, I have nostalgia for it, but if you're someone who can appreciate Mario 64, 
um, and seeing, you know, those early 3D Goombas, then you can appreciate these 3D um, monkeys. The, in the, they're a lot smoother in Ape Escape 2 because that's a PS2 title. And there are mm. titles on PS3 as well. There, are, If you want to get smoother monkeys, you can get them. But, you know, I, I love those those PS1 monkeys. I think they're great. Yeah, I I honestly do agree with all the things you guys are saying. I think for the time period, it nails the art style. And what what I imagine when I'm playing this game is more of like a Saturday morning cartoon slash anime. Like basically Pokemon, you know, like that same art style. That's kind of how it feels, you know, but with PlayStation 1 graphics. That's how I feel playing the game. I know... It, they do kind of go for quote unquote realism in some of the graphics and the texture maps on some of the you know flatter polygons and stuff, but I do get that uh, anime feel from this game. You know that Japanese influence is definitely there. Yeah, yeah, and for I, sure. And I believe there was an an Ape Escape anime. I think there's been an Ape Escape everything. Uh, you know, I don't you don't you don't realize it until you look it up. But there have been like a dozen games, like yeah. a lot, and I, and yeah, there's tie in stuff. Uh, I haven't remotely scratched the surface of it, but I completely believe you that there's an anime. Yeah, it just gives you that that feel, right? Like that anime adventure, like the adventure anime. Yeah, it just gives you. Yeah, I love it. So to me, I just feel it, it's very nostalgic for me. Also, obviously, because I played it as a kid. But even if I just went to this game for the first time, I think I would still see the charm in it, and you know, it would still live up to what you would expect from a game from. What, 1990? What is it? 1999? 1999, yeah. Yeah, 1999. Music and sound. This thing has some awesome bangers in it. Like honestly, I feel like when you load up that menu and it's doo, 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 you're like, yeah, it's it's time to play some Ape Escape. You know, it has a very iconic, I would say, sound effects, music, everything. Does any of the tracks stick out to you? Any sound effects that stick out to you in the game? To me, I think obviously you brought it up earlier, Joel, with the freaking capturing the monkey and that sound effect, all of that stuff, and you know, just even the way that the the net sounds when you swing it. And then you you hit the monkey and it does that extremely bright popping, you know, graphic. And then you get that sound effect. And it just pops and it just feels good. Anything else in the game that sticks out like that or any of the songs that stick out? I like go first, Jay Chips. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, the mystery, uh, mysterious age uh, song that plays. And one of my favorite aspects of this game when it comes to the sound is that like, I really like that whenever you're ducking and crawling, like the music gets quieter as you're sneaking towards the monkey that you're trying to stealth it. I, I thought that was a really nice touch. But overall, I think Ape Escape is a fantastic soundtrack. The only song that I did not like was uh, the song that plays in Crumbling Castle. And it's not a bad song, but that level, in my opinion, was just way too long. And I got tired of hearing that song. I'm glad you mentioned uh, the thing where you you drop down to crawl and then everything gets muted. I I definitely noticed that um, when I was playing. I was like, oh, that's so amazing. Uh, and I wouldn't have remembered to to bring it up here on the podcast. So yeah, that that's that that's such a cool touch. Um, I, I don't really have uh, any particular songs to jump out at me, other than to say that they generally they work for me. Like they they fit with the tone of the game. You know, 
they're they're bouncy and they're fun and they're kind of goofy um but you know i'll just reiterate uh what what you said josh about you know how good the sound the general sound design not just the music the sound design the mixing like um it really um they, they got those little touches right and it really makes a difference yeah i think the soundscape for the game is great like I can hear the sirens every time you go into a level and it's like you have six monkeys and then they have that chick that points to it with their little pointer and it has that that you know siren I can hear that in my head and like the the way that the the little what's the item called the the sky flyer the little helicopter the way that sounds you know is in my head um yeah I just all all in all I think that the music and the sound really heighten the already really great art style for the time. So I think that just the whole package, just all in all, just meshes really well to create just a really nice and pleasant and fun. I think they just, I think the main term for this game would be fun. I think that's what they were aiming for. And I really do think that everything combines together to make just a game that's just a blast to play. For sure. And there's a, there's one thing that actually just came into my head. I really liked, um, the sound that it plays whenever you skip a cutscene, like the, it sounds like you're turning off TV. And I just, they didn't really need to add that, but oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It, the fact that they did to make it sound kind of cool was pretty fun. You know that the people who made the game sat down and was like, oh, I could just add this little thing just to make it fun, you know. And I, I, I love it when you can tell there's a lot of care for all elements of a game. I mean, we shouldn't be surprised when you talk about there being a monkey book of 204 monkeys that you can catch, and every single one has a little one or two line description about everything from their TV watching habits to their uh, their bathroom issues. Like, it's everything was thought about in this game. So there's a little mechanic in the game. Throughout the levels, there's these specter coins that are, that are some are easy to find, some are not so easy to find. But if you collect those, you unlock mini games. There are three in the game, Galaxy Monkey, Sky Kids Racing, and Spectre Boxing. Do you each have any experience with the minigames? Did you unlock any of them on your playthrough for the first time, J-Chip? Or uh, Joel, back in the day, do you remember unlocking them all or anything like that? Any memories or thoughts about the minigames? So I can tell you that back in the day, I, I tried to 100% it. I got every Spectre coin. I got every single monkey. I unlocked all the minigames. I saw that I wasn't at 100% yet. I thought I have to beat all the mini games, and I did beat all the mini games, and that didn't get me to 100% late either. And then I realized, oh, every single level has a time trial mode. You have to beat all the time trials to get to 100%. And that was the one thing I, I didn't do back in the day. I just I don't really care about doing time trials. Um, this time I unlocked. I still got all the all the coins and all the monkeys, and I unlocked all the mini games. I played each mini game a couple of times, but they're very cool they're lots of fun there's like a boxing one like they're they're very fun novelties to play but they're actually very difficult to beat and i would say kind of frustrating if you're trying to get those beats in so um they were a very cool novelty back in the day when they would do stuff like this in the ps1 ps2 era like when they had like the skateboarding thing like in metal gear solid 2 like that stuff was i love that stuff but would i sit here and and play these mini games now like just to kill time no, I, I I play them once or twice each. Oh, that's kind of fun. That's kind of cool, but um, they're not as well tuned as the game as the core game itself, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And for me, like I tried like the skiing mini game, the first one that you get, 
And, I don't know, it wasn't really fun, so I was just like, screw this, I'm going to go back to capturing monkeys. Yeah, I don't think it's the focus. And, honestly, uh, I'm not going to lie, I did not remember these things existed. I knew that there was something for the, you know, the coins, if you collect them, you unlock something. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Sky Kids Racing. I remember, as a kid, loving that there's, like, flat polygonal, I don't even know how to describe it, like, paper mario characters you know what i mean that you're skiing around on i thought the graphics were so cool like i never seen anything like that at that time as a kid in the 99 or 2000 whenever i played this and going back to that yeah the game is just kind of like a little skiing mini game there's not much to it but the the art style at the time was like it blew my mind you know because you know i never seen anything like it so it was kind of cool well, it's kind of like in Final Fantasy VII where they have the snowboarding mini game, or yeah. even thinking about like one of the one of the big games in the, in the PS One era in the first few years was Pool Quarters, right? So mm. the idea that you you get this full on adventure action adventure game, and then you have this whole extra game in it, they took the time to like make a game mode where you could do this. It's still pretty cool, and if you were a kid back in the day and you had one or two games. That had to last you a long time. You didn't have a ton of games. You didn't have a lot of disposable income. Then having that extra stuff was a big deal. It was a nice value value add. Um, it's just, it's just different now, though. It's different twenty twenty odd years later. Okay, so we talked about everything. We talked about the story. We talked about the gameplay. We talked about the mini games. We talked about pretty much mostly anything you can talk about for the game. So, what are your overall feelings and impressions for the game? Um, do you think that this is one that you could recommend to anybody? Um, I'll go ahead and call on you guys this time. Jay Chip, what do you think? What is your overall feelings for Ape Escape? Kind of sum it up in a few sentences here for us. I think Ape Escape is a fantastic game, and I would recommend it to anybody, especially like younger kids that want to get into like retro games. Uh, Ape Escape is not a hard game at all, and I think anybody can play it and get get through it pretty easily. How about you, Joel? What do you think about Ape Escape? I know you grew up with it. You like it a lot. So how are you feeling in 2023 about it? Um, I feel like it definitely holds up. And, you know, back uh, back when the Nintendo 64, you know, had like Zelda and, and Mario, um, PlayStation had, had all these, didn't really have a, a single singular mascot. They had a few that they kind of tried for. But, um, you know, I don't think of Spyro. I don't think of Crash. I think of um, when I think of the PlayStation One. I think about the serve bots from Mega Man Legends, and I think about the monkeys from Ape, Ape Escape. Like those are the ones that stick out in my mind. They're so iconic. They're so memorable. They have so much personality. They're such great. They have such great designs. Um, but uh, you know, none of that would work if it wasn't a good game. And it's a lot of fun to play. Um, so yeah, I recommend it without any reservations. Yeah, and honestly, to me, from the the mascot platformers of the time, we got Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Ape Escape always pops up in my head when I'm thinking PlayStation 1 as well. You know, if I'm going to recommend one first, it would probably be Spyro for, like, kids. You know what I mean? But I do think that if you sit a kid down and play it with them and have fun with it, like, this could be a really good, um, fun experience for a smaller kid that has probably not experienced much playstation games or you're trying to introduce them to retro games etc uh i think that it will get a little hard to get used to if they've played other platformers but i think that 
anybody can enjoy this game. Once you wrap your head around what the controls are trying to do, it's very unique. Uh, it's not just, you know, jumping with X and using the right stick to move the camera and, you know, what you expect from a 3D platformer. It's its its own thing, which I think that takes maybe like two to three levels. And then once you get that down, it's the second nature. And then it ends up being a really fun and just colorful, pretty, I, I would say this game's pretty easy. Like, honestly, I don't feel like it's that hard of a game. There are times where you will get stuck or you can't quite get past. There's an ice bridge in that one stage. I forget the stage name, but I always run into problems there. I remember having problems with that one as a kid as well. I don't know why it has like two spiky balls and then you go up the mountain and then you go across the ice, that ice uh, bridge that falls down. I always have a problem there. I don't know why, but anyway, you know, it's, it's, there's going to be moments like that in the game, but the retries are pretty easy. And if you die or, you know, have enough lives and you don't get a game over, you will just start pretty much right near that same area. You just might have to run a little bit to get, get where you are, try again and, you know, rinse, repeat. And I don't really feel like this game is that hard when you, when you break it down. Right. Yeah. I think that's fair. And like, I don't know, for, for me personally, I felt like this game was very forgiving. Because, right. especially in the final boss, like, they're like, hey, we got a bunch of these cookies that you can get, so have at it. You'll never get a game over here. Yeah, I mean, we didn't really describe that system, but basically, it's a health system. You got, what, six hit points or eight? Something like that. I think, I think it's and five. Five or Is six, it five? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, five. And there's cookies littered around that you can get by defeating enemies that aren't the monkeys with your little stun saber thing or, you know, various methods with the other gadgets. And not usually little gems will pop out, which help you get lives, you know, collect coins to get 100, get a life type of thing. Now, lives are represented by shirts, which, you know, that's cool. It's unique. And then, yeah, uh, the cookies, you, you can keep your health up. And if you get hit a certain amount of times, you, quote unquote, lose a life. But I don't really feel like that's very punishing. Sometimes I feel like the hitboxes are a little weird with the monkeys. They'll grab you when I feel like you're not quite close to them. And, you know, I guess that's just part of the game. But, yeah, um, I, I think I might just be rambling. We're trying to do overall thoughts already. But, hey, you know, it is it is what it is. All right. So, yeah. Uh, anything you guys want to highlight about the game? Anything that uh, you wanted to bring up for, for the show today before we wrap up our discussion about Ape Escape? You know, one thing we didn't mention, um, this ha this Ape Escape has a post game. So you have to get the a certain number of monkeys in each level in order to move on and ha clear the level and go on to the next level. And if you want to go back and redo levels and catch the missing monkeys, you can. Sometimes you can't get all the monkeys in the early levels until you get like a certain gadget. So you have to come back later on. But eventually you get to a point where you get to fight Spectre. And then um, you can actually roll credits on the game by defeating Spectre, but you don't actually capture him because he still escapes so the mm -hmm. post game is now now if you want to do like a second fight against specter now you do have to get every single monkey or eight uh in every level you get a new your final gadget is unlocked it's not the it's, a, it's not the most amazing gadget but it's it's kind of cool um and it's only the post game so who cares and if you get all the other monkeys then you get to fight fight specter a second time and I, I don't think that I would call this a spoiler per se, but uh, you fight him a second time, and this time you you actually get to capture him with your net, and that's the end of the post game. 
that's pretty cool to fight your final boss and your final boss is also collectible and you get to capture him with the net with, where it feels so good like that's i love it uh, that's that's so great so um it's it's really nice because you don't have to do the post game but it's really nice to have it right and this is one of the early games to have that kind of thing you know this it kind of came in this era in the ps1 era like you finish a game and there's a bunch of other stuff um it's still kind of relatively new though you know at, at this point it's not every game was doing it so you know i want to highlight that yeah i think uh for me what i want to highlight and i was kind of surprised we didn't is uh the voice acting in this game um, oh, yeah i actually had that in the back of my head i was gonna bring it up yes the voice acting yeah go ahead you you brought up how like this feels like a super 90s anime and i feel like the the uh, voice acting in this game really helps with that too and it's not bad in my opinion it's very cheesy but it really does fit that era no longer will humans be the dominant species i will rule this world don't bother trying to stop me <laughs> huh spike will find you just wait you'll see we're not gonna stand around and let you take over spike that little runt he doesn't scare me I've got a surprise for him. Jake! <laughs> I've always wanted to go up against you. Now here's my chance. I'm gonna have a great time destroying you and showing you who's the real hero. What's happening? What's wrong with you? Yeah, it's charming as hell. It almost feels like they had somebody on the uh, Johnny Mailboy. Hey, come here. Hey. Mailroom guy, let's do some voice acting for the English version. You know what I mean? It's just like it's like them never seeing the script before, kind of delivering the lines very cheesily, which I do think adds to the charm. I agree. Yeah, especially Spectre's voice actor. There, there's plenty of times where it just sounds like he's reading off a script. Um, I don't know if you guys knew this, but uh, in the UK, there's a different uh, uh, voice cast entirely, and I think uh, the UK one sounds better than the one we got, but uh, both are still very charming. And uh, speaking of the sequel, I don't know if you guys knew this either, but uh, the people that voice uh, Ash and Misty are in Ape Escape 2, and they play the main characters. Oh. So, like, I don't know. It's very funny when you hear it. That's awesome. I did not know that. That makes me want to play it more. So, actually, that's a good question to kind of round this out. Are you guys interested in playing more in the series? I know, like uh, Joel said, there's like 12 games. Um, obviously, the next ones to play would probably be 2 and 3 on the PS2. Uh, I think you can get all those on the PlayStation Store. If, um, yeah, I have P I have the third one as well on PlayStation Store. So, like, you they're easily accessible. Are you guys uh, going to check out any more in the series? I actually didn't know the third one was on there. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go for the third one. I'm not... I When I... I I'm gonna finish up the second one. I've, I've, uh, I'm, I, I'm in the end game right now, just like facing off against Spectre. But, um, it's smoother, you know, um, uh, the gra graphically and in a lot of other ways. Um, and they kind of reiterate like sort of the same story, but with different characters. Like the professor is still there, but then there's a different, a different kid, uh, who's chasing the monkeys. Um, and it's just sort of the same thing. Like, oh, the the helmets went out again, and it's, it's. It's a it's a smoother version of Ape Escape, but it kind of is less charming. I kind of like the janky charm of the first one more. Uh, something is just about it. Um, maybe it's just because I played it first, 
but I don't know. Um, and, and I'm not going to get into all the individual nitpicks, but I didn't, I just didn't love it as much, uh, as the first right. one, but you know, I, I actually would love to replay that side series, Ape Escape Pumped and Primed, because it has so much charm and it, it's, it says it's, you don't get to catch monkeys, which is disappointing, but it, you get to face off against the monkeys, like their monkey teams and all these like mini games and there are these battles and it's almost like a Mario Party style, not not really, but a little bit or like a stadium event kind of like you have like different kinds of challenges where you face off and in this challenge where it's a race and this challenge we're trying to beat each other up with our different weapons and gadgets and it's just it's it's really interesting um and it, they take the, all the charm of the universe but do like a bunch of different gameplay stuff so i kind of would like to play those games again and go on to that side series because i think there was more than one um that's that's what, that's what I, i'm interested in right now nice i i was actually incorrect i don't want to put false information out there the third one is not on playstation plus or the playstation store i thought it was i really did i really thought i saw it on there but i think i might have confused it with the psp one that just got released i know oh, that yeah, yeah, yeah that just came out and I, I don't know how that really would work on psp because it's like the game where you need two analog sticks let's put it so, with a game you know with one analog stick you know but so interestingly enough i did play a little bit of the psp remake and for, well first of all you don't press uh l1 to jump you press the x button to jump and instead mm -hmm. of using the uh other analog stick you just use the face buttons to use your uh your gadgets and while jumping is definitely better, it's it feels weird using the gadgets, especially like the uh, the the hula hoop thing. All you gotta do is just mash the button that you uh, you assigned it to, and that's how it gets going. You can't really translate a motion that was designed for a right analog stick to a face button. That doesn't really work. Yeah, and I would I would still say like the PSP remake definitely works, but the PS One version, in my opinion, is the the superior version. Yeah, and I also, like, it's it's kind of like playing Katamari Damachi, like, without having two analog sticks. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of made, the initial design of the game is made to use that analog stick, and the unique controls, you know, is pretty much one of the main selling points of the game. So kind of taking that out, it's a little strange, you know? I Yeah, I think that you're, like you said, J-Chip, that most people would probably do better just playing the original PlayStation 1 version and kind of skipping the PSP one, unless they want to try it out just to see, like, how they do it. But um, you're going to have a better time, I think, playing the PlayStation 1 version on that. Yeah, and I believe there's other uh, mini-games on the PSP remake as well. Awesome. Oh, I actually can... Oh, some dead air. Um, on the actual PSP version, there is a ping pong game, Ape Ping Pong, and Jake Attack. So whatever those are, they're different. So yeah, if you want to try those out, that's something worth your time, I'm, I suppose, you know? Sounds interesting. I didn't really get far enough in the PSP remake to want to beat it. I just tried it out to see what, what was different. And then, honestly, nothing much was different. It's pretty much the same game. Well, I think that we all love this game and recommend you guys check it out if you haven't i don't really think that we spoiled anything that's not obvious in the game like the story is pretty predictable i don't think really that's the main thing you're here for you're here for the fun energy the the really unique and and fun gameplay like i say I keep saying fun but yeah that's the main word i could think of when i think about ape escape yeah for sure i agreed awesome so we played ape escape we enjoyed it we had a really good time 
So what we do at the end of the show is we do some plugs for our guests here. Uh, before we do that, I'll reiterate our game of the month for October coming up. Right now for September, we're playing Twisted Metal Black kind of like at the same time that the Twisted Metal show came out, which is really cool. In October, we're playing for the game of the month. We're playing Alien Isolation. Get in that spooky season, that spooky theme. Um, if you're playing along or just discussing the game with us, make sure to let us know by hitting us up on Twitter at Cartridge Club NA or on our Discord. And if you want to get a head start, this is a brand new announcement for November 2023. Our game of the month is going to be Spider Man 2. The brand new one, 2023 for the PS5. So everybody gets the game out late October. We're all going to be playing it anyway. So we're going to have a nice, fun, meaty discussion about it in November. And, you know, just celebrate a new release, which we do every now and then. We just did Tears of the Kingdom this year and doing the same thing with with the PlayStation big hitter here. So that's going to be a good time. I'm pretty excited about it. You guys looking forward to that game? Oh, yeah. Loved the Spider-Man PS4 game, and Miles Morales was really good, too. It's a great series. Awesome. And if you're interested in being a guest of the show, you can always reach out to us. We're always looking forward to having new community members on to talk about the games that they love. To those of you interested in supporting the club beyond a review of the podcast app of your choice, I'd like to again mention that the club is entirely funded by pledges made from our members of our community we are extremely grateful to those supporters and if you're interested in becoming one of them please look into how to do that at patreon.com slash cartridge club so for our panel today where can they find you on the internet joel uh my twitter handle is jjs voice and uh, i'm also in the cartridge club forums uh under the username qx Awesome, Jay Chip Show. Where can they find you on the internet? Uh, plug all your awesome content because I was watching some of your videos and you're doing a really good job over there on your YouTube. Oh, thank you. Uh, my YouTube channel is Jay Chip Show, youtube.com slash Jay Chip Show. And what I do is I review anime and video games. And uh, I did a series, I'm doing a series called uh, Taste of Manga, where uh, I'm taking the first volume of a manga and reading it, giving it a go. And just recording my first impressions and seeing if I want to continue it or not. Um, if you want to hear more of my thoughts on Ape Escape, I actually have a review of Ape Escape that was requested by one of my patrons. You can go there if you really uh, found me uh, enticing in this podcast. Um, as far as like Cartridge Club, uh, the Cartridge Club community, you can check me out on the the Discord at JJP Show. I'm always there uh, to talk and share what what I'm playing. Awesome. And I, I, I'll do my plugs too. I'm Josh. You can find me at Frantic Society on Twitter. And I do a show called Indie Quest. It's a video game podcast all about indie games. The whole focus of it is to find smaller games, shine a light on them, and just have a really good time talking to your buddies about games that you may or may not have heard about. So check that out if you haven't uh, listened to that podcast. I It's a it's a project of love. Like I love doing that show. So hopefully you guys enjoy listening to it. I'm also in the Cartridge Club Discord as well. Um, I go over there, check in, see how everyone's doing. I feel like I'm more of a lurker in the Discord, but I'm always there in the shadows. So go over there, check it out if you haven't yet. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with me today, talking about Avescape. Um, uh, anybody want to throw out uh, parting words for us here for this episode? Ooh, ooh, ah, uh-uh. ah. 
You gotta catch them all. CC, unite.